against the odds, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal here, spaghetti and meatballs behind the glass, baby face Joel Solomon, producing this mess. And, and joining me as always, my wizards of wagering, my gurus of gambling, my overlords of the odds, my barons of betting, the degenerate trifecta, Harry Brother Bry, and Darren the Parlay Kid. What is happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Hello, Sal. What's going on, buddy? Did we catch fire or what last night? My God, we cleaned up. Let's go over the Sharp Tank picks. Uh, Harry, Seattle, Philadelphia over six. We figured out that that was a hockey game winner. Uh, Astros, Red Sox over nine. That was a winner very, very early. Good job by you, brother Bry. And Parlay Kid, Diggs, anytime touchdown scorer, winner. I'm trying to think what else we had. We had Diggs over yards. Harry had Diggs over yards. I had Henry to score first. I had uh, Allen to throw an interception. It goes yep. on and on and on, Paulie yep. kid. 34-31. Yep. The Titans win an exciting one at the end. Pretty good day for us. Yeah, and don't forget, uh, Brother Bry had Tannehill under in passing yards, which Yes, did. that's uh, right. It didn't get any better than that last night for us, Sal. That was unbelievable. Winners all over the place. I don't think anybody anywhere else did it any better than us last night, Sal. At least for one night, yes, we we were the kings, <laughs> the kings of uh, gambling or whatever you want to call us. We I think were, we hit like two out of three night games here. We do very well, right? Maybe we take one off here and there, but uh, obviously Thursday, forget it. You know, we could compete with us and me and everything that's going on. But yeah, yeah we really did uh, rake oh, it yeah. in last He's, night. Yeah. Uh, Fun game. I don't know. You know, you, you think about Damashek brought it up when we were on at halftime, me and him and Martin. We went over we were on Twitter and he said, hey, this could be a, a battle for the number one seed. Not that the Titans are as good as the Bills, although they played pretty well tonight. Mm. Um, but they're going to mow through that and AFC uh, South. Right. And this could be a deciding game in that one seed quest. Absolutely. So, yeah, it was a great game, but a little strange, too, to me, like. I just, I just figured the Bills were going to win that game, at, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden Tennessee gets that uh, goal line stop, which was a great job. The officials, I thought, did a nice job too because uh, that third down, Allen didn't get to the, uh, the yard marker. I guess marker. not. I, I don't, don't know. think it, he got it. it. I don't really? think he got it. I thought he was I, a I, half yard short. Really? I thought he was so a half was, yard was a short. Very acrobatic play. I thought he got to what the yellow line would have showed. And then mm. they presented us with this crazy red laser thing, but they brought the laser up from the middle of the <laughs> laser pile. I don't know what it was. So it wasn't, he didn't reach that laser part. That's uh, for exactly. sure. Exactly. Well, look, if Dak hasn't been in the end zone a couple of times this year, yeah, that right. was not a first down. So, and then a great play uh, by the, uh, the defense there to stop him on that. That's really good. Uh, what a game. Uh, yeah, I don't feel like, I mean, you and I think the Bills are going to the Super Bowl this year. I don't think Tennessee is in their class, but look, they got the win at home. Tannehill made enough plays. A.J. Brown really showed up, and yeah. Henry Sal is just, I mean, how does this guy have the fastest time, like running time uh, at this size? Um, he's playing better than ever right now, right? Yeah. We, we came into the season talking about, you know, th th his number of carries over the last few years, and would they mm -hmm. catch up? This guy's built different, Sal. He is a freak. He really is. And Jen Piacenti is going to join us later on, says he's a unicorn. Don't even worry about the carries. It doesn't matter. But I'll load him up, bid as much as you need to in the beginning on any draft, any auction. 
definitely take him first in any snake. But um, yeah, he was great. So there's two schools of thoughts, I think, with this Titans team. First is uh, Derrick Henry becomes more and more difficult to tackle when it gets colder. And that's oh, just yeah. a fact. Or uh, the secondary is decimated and same old Titans defense. And by the way, they lost to the Jets, so you can, they can't be trusted. <laughs> they, they had another another couple guys go out uh, tonight. But definitely a, a, a nice uh, AFC playoff preview, if, if nothing else, right? That That's true, Sal. I think... Um the Titans defense, they did enough tonight. Like you called for the interception. That was yes. that was a huge play uh, for Tennessee. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, look, the NFL just keeps on churning out good game after good game mm -hmm. uh, for, for us uh, to be watching. Uh, kudos to them. I and mean, these guys, uh, the, the games have been fantastic this year. I, I've, I've been loving it. Uh, these 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 Thursdays. These Monday night games have been great. The Thursday night games have been solid. Yeah. Uh, what else can you ask for right now from the NFL? What else yeah, can you ask for? Yeah, even the garbage Seattle backup Pittsburgh yeah, that's should right. be backup game uh, piqued yes. our interest. Yeah, exactly. So that's football. Jen Piacenti is going to join us. There's six, uh, six teams off um, this week, so she's going to help us out because everyone's going to need help with their fantasy roster this week. And we're also now going to go over the remaining NBA futures we didn't hit on, the future categories we didn't hit on last week, points leader, rebound leader, assist leader. Uh, what do we got? Three-point leader, all that stuff. Sixth man of the year, defensive player of the year. We'll hit it all. I encourage you to go back to last Tuesday's podcast and listen. That's where we hit all the uh, MVP odds, rookie of the year. We had over-unders and who's going to win the whole shebang. That was uh, last Tuesday's podcast, and we'll have some graphics for you online as well. So let's start things off in the NBA Season starts tonight. Defensive player of the year. Rudy Gobert's won this three out of four years. And I, by the way, who's the most hated in every sport? Is Kyrie the most hated in basketball parlay kid right now? Or is it LeBron? Um, I, it's hard to say. I, I, Kyrie might be getting some props from some people as far yeah. as we know. Um, uh, LeBron, I, I don't know. It seems like people like him. The most hated guy in the NBA. Harry, what do you oh, think? At least, at least LeBron suits up. I mean, whatever about LeBron. At least LeBron suits up when he's healthy. That's a, that's, that's a good question. Who is the most hated player in the Kyrie NBA? Kyrie doesn't right want now? to play, Darren. I just don't think I was Kyrie doing really this for wants all to play. Four sports. I think it's Altuve in baseball. It's Wilson in hockey. I think it's Brady, most beloved and hated in football. And I think it's Kyrie uh, right now yeah. in basketball. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Makes I sense. think you're right. Right now. I don't know. Think about that. Maybe we should put a, a poll out there. <laughs> but uh, there we go. All right. But anyway, season leaders. Um, this is actually a player's future prop on FanDuel. This is uh, defensive player of the year. Gobert plus 380. Ben Simmons, 5-1. to one. Anthony Davis, 5-1. to one. Giannis, 8-1. to one. Ben Simmons, who the hell knows what's going to be with him if he's going to go full right. year. Anthony Davis gets hurt. So now it's Gobert against Giannis. Like I said, Giannis took it from him. Otherwise, it would have been four in a row. I think that block on DeAndre Ayton in the finals, people are going to remember that for years. In a way, I think he goes into the season with that block in everyone's memory. Um, no P.J. Tucker, which I think actually helps him. His metrics will have to go up uh, defensively without that kind of help. I think eight to one. Nice odds on Giannis. Parlay kid, jump in here. So, do you know who was uh, third in the defensive MVP voting last year? You're going to tell me uh, Green. It's correct. It was Draymond Green, Draymond Green. who won this in 2016-17 uh, season. Mm -hmm. And he's always, to me, uh, considered 
to be one of the better defensive players in the league. And now Golden State, right on paper, is going to be a better team this year. They're going to win more games. Green is really can focus on the defensive end. Sally sitting at 33 to 1 to win Defensive Player of the Year when he was third in the voting last year. And he's won this award before. And he can truly focus on defense this year. I love Green at 33 to 1 here. I think it's. You, you got to jump on it. You have to jump on it. It's pretty good because he's not interested in scoring anymore, right? So if he's going to show his worth, it's it's all going to be defensive minded. And that's fun that's what I mean. At thirty three to one, I think it's great value here. Great value. I think it's worth the risk here. It's certainly worth the risk. Just more likable, as you said. If he came in third already, or more likable than Rudy Gobert. But um, all right, uh, six man of the year. Jordan Clarkson took home the honors last year. Six to one odds. He's favored. Joe Ingles twelve to one. Telehero, 12 to 1. Derek Rose, 16 to 1. And let's stop there because I can't believe, Parley kid, you didn't go with Derek Rose, but I'm going to. 15 and 4 off the bench last year. Had some big games, 25 against the Clippers. Tom Thibodeau, I think, wants him to succeed more than any other player. I mean, he's had him on three teams. He's, gonna, he's not going to let him fail. So if he could stay healthy, and voters like him already, um, he could stay healthy. He made the podium last year, right? He was third. If he could stay healthy, he's get a bigger push in the biggest city in the NBA. Kemba signing could help. Third place last year. Give me Derrick Rose, 16-1. and Probably get before we get yours. Brother Bry, jump in here. Sixth man of the year. Yeah, so you would think sixth man of the year would be a little bit more wide open every year, which maybe it is. But it's funny. Five of the last eight, the sixth man of the year has been Lou Williams um, or uh, Jamal Crawford, right? Um, so I do like Tyler here at 12 to one. So now the heat are going to be good this year, right? Uh, which plays well for the six man. Usually typically um, heroes struggled last year, but uh, can he replicate what we saw in the bubble? I think maybe he can is if you look at what he's done, even in the off season, right in the preseason, he's mm. been fantastic. His shooting has been phenomenal. He put on a lot of muscle. If you look at him, he's not uh, the skinny little kid anymore, put on a lot of muscle. So, you know, it, it was just a couple of days ago, he started uh, comparing himself to Luca and all the other uh, great guards out there. So I think he looked, he looks like he has something to prove. Now, if he can average between 16 to 20 points coming off the bench for a real good team, he's going to be a finalist for this award. So I, I do, I do really like him here. All right. Polly kid, Joe uh, Ingles is fun. Yeah. Well, so I love I do love Rose. If you hadn't taken Rose, I would have taken him there. I think he's gonna, you know, he'll get a lot of minutes with Kemba, you know, really not sure of his health there in New York. Uh, I do like what Brian's saying too. But so if you remember, I had Clarkson last year and I was a winner with this. But remember late last year, all of a sudden it was like Joe Engels was the favorite at one point. I didn't know where that came from. And I was like, how did Engels become the favorite here late in the season? He was generating a lot of buzz. His metrics are great for that team. They're going to be good. At 12 to 1, Engels is going to be in the mix for this award. He's just going to be. He shoots, you know, he's a great three point shooter, and he just adds a lot of uh, intangibles to that team. So let's, let's look at Engels this year. Maybe this year they reward him for it because last year he somehow became the favorite, even though I never budged on that. I said Clarkson would win, which he did. Maybe Ingles steals it from Clarkson this right. year. You know the Jazz are going to win a lot of games. They like to give the teams that are good too. So my problem right, with that award, my problem okay, is wouldn't, shouldn't one of those guys are the like seventh man of the year? I mean, how can both be six men? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's a bigger bench, right? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Good we point. can spread it out a little bit. 
Um, all right. Most points per game. Bradley Beal plus 340. Steph Curry plus 460. Luka plus 550. Lillard nine to one. Then you have Tatum and Giannis at 10 to one. I'm going with Curry plus 460. That's going to that team's going to have a different look at 32 points per game last year. Nine 50 point games overall. He's going to get into uh, more. He's going to get in the top 10 of all time 50 point games this year if he gets one or two more. Just fun to watch. Could blast away. Plus 460. Probably kid. You have a guy who could score 60 uh, every night, too, it seems. And you're getting nine to one odds. Yeah, that's, you know, looking at this again, I'm looking for value here. I do like Curry. Uh, a lot. I like any of those top guys a lot. I mean, they're going to score their points, but, uh, and I do like Beal. I think Beal's because I think Beal's the guy there, right? He doesn't really, who's there, who's stealing points from Beal Dinwiddie or Kuzma. I don't, I don't really like that. I think Beal's going to be able to shoot away at will. So him at 340 is probably pretty good value, but I don't take Damon Lillard here at uh, nine to one for a guy that was third in the league in scoring averaged 29 points a game. I think Lillard here, he's probably as I mentioned uh, in last week's one of last week's podcasts. I thought Lillard is might not even make it through the season in Portland, but I think Lillard now is. Hey, I'm doing this for myself. I'm. I think Lillard's going to be more about himself this year, taking care of himself because they really haven't helped him too much in Portland. He's going to get his when he can. He's going to put up huge numbers, and we know this is a guy who could put up. 35 to 40 a night, whenever he wants, whenever he wants. If he wants to get a lot of volume shooting when he's like in the playoffs, when he's dropping 50 plus Lillard at nine to one is really good value. He averaged 29 points a game. I think that goes up to about 30 plus points per game this year. All right, let's uh, do rebound. Clint Capella is almost unfair. If he stays healthy, plus one Oh five average 14 a game, about two more than everybody else. Rudy Gobert plus two fifty. Monta Sabonis, 9-1. to one. Uh, Giannis is there at 16. You can go on and on. Harry, good. Make a case for the favorite, Clint Capella. Yeah, I'm going to take my guy, Capella, at plus 105. He sets out. Like he led the NBA at 14.3. Gobert, who I think is a bit overrated here, uh, was second at 13.5. Uh, Capella still only 27 years old. Um, had his best, career, best season of his career last year, uh, not just in high-end rebounds, but also in offensive rebounds, where he got five a game. Uh, Gobert, it's never averaged for uh, offensive rebounds in a game. Um, four, and, and by the way, uh, 14, in 14 seasons, um, four offensive re- he's he's only had four, Gobert's four offensive boards in his career. He's never gone for five. Capella's got five. And Ben Kelly can take that because uh, Capella is just a better rebounder. Uh, let's let's have uh, Harry finish off his stroke off the air there. <laughs> we'll get to it. I'm going to take some bonus here at nine to one at 12.4 and 12.0. The last two years, I'm, I'm rooting for a Capella injury. Not really, but I mean, that that would help things along. You have Karis Levert. If he plays more than 25 games uh, that they played together, that pick and roll could work. Pick up some more uh, rebounds. Rick Carlisle, the new coach, jumps in there. I like some bonus odds at nine to one mm. off the bench. You know, average, like I said, 12 the last two years. That's my guy. For assists, I'm going Westbrook, 10 to 1. Harden favored, plus 105. Luka, plus 340. Trey, plus 430. I don't understand this line. I, I, he has a full assist more than Harden and two more than Trey Young. And he's at guys in LeBron and AD who are only looking to score down low. Like, I don't understand why this number is where it is. He has, if he gets 900 assists this year, 
that puts him in the top 10 all time. It bumps Gary Payton. Westbrook, 10 to 1. Brother Bry, you like the favorite in Harden. Yeah, I like the I like Harden, but I, I do like Westbrook too. I mean, Westbrook every year, it's like I, I feel like I bet I bet against Westbrook and it always comes down to him and somebody else. So I do think you're getting value at 10 to 1. I, I do think for any of these bets, when you look at them, that's the one thing that's a little bit more fun about NFL futures or MLB futures is like there's a lot more variables. Uh, whereas the NBA, I feel like you know this is coming down to four or five guys, right, for each one of these categories. Um, but I do think with Kyrie out, I think it's just going to be, you know, the games last year for Harden uh, without Kyrie, he averaged 11 plus assists. I think it, this is one of those years where I think there was games last year, multiple games where he get 15 plus assists without Kyrie in those games. He's going to have the ball in his hands all the time. So I do think, you know, I get you get to have some ridiculous 11 and a half, 12 assists per game numbers that um, especially with 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 KD. Yeah. All right, how you take this yourself? Three point percentage, maybe because I think I would just go, um, I'd just go Curry again. But you have someone at plus seven fifty. Yeah, Curry. It, Curry is definitely uh, the favorite, obviously. But but I'm going to take Sacramento's Buddy Heald at plus seven fifty. Uh, look, Steph, Steph's uh, got his splash brother Clay Thompson back, so it's three pointers maybe down a little bit. Wiggins still there. Uh, he's going to get his touches as he makes thirty one million a season. Curry did in 2018-19, last season, with Thompson there. He averaged five three-pointers a game. Uh, Hield averaged four last season and has improved every year he's been in the league. So at plus 750 to go take somebody other than Curry, I'm going to take Buddy Hield to the Kings. All right, there you go. And if you look at the Parlay Futures tab, you can see they have a bunch of – you can bunch these guys together. have a nice thing on Fandle.com slash uh, against all odds. Towns, Jokic, and Zion – to score 25 or more, to average 25 or more, it's plus 340. I love that. Towns, 24.8. Two years ago, 26.5. Right in there. Jokic over 26 last year. And Zion is my guy for not comeback player of the year. Most improved. And so I think he gets to 25 or more at plus 340. I love it. You guys know how much I love basketball. It's back Tuesday night. Let's do it. All right. The college football season is in full swing, and you can make every moment more. With FanDuel Sportsbook right now, all customers get a $10 parlay bet bonus. Just place a $20 parlay bet and get a $10 bonus, win or lose. Yes, indeed. If the parlay is at least four to one odds payout, you're in good shape here. Easy to use, live betting. Your friends use it. My friends love betting FanDuel Sportsbook, which is America's number one sportsbook, by the way. Fast withdrawals when you win. You get paid in as little as two hours. Odds boosts, specials every day and some big super boosts each weekend around the biggest local and national matchups, USC, Notre Dame. That's going to be a fun one. Why not? Put a parlay on that. Bet 20, get 10 back. If you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, sign up today with promo code against all odds to also receive a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code against all odds. So they know I sent you. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. And the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, let's bring her in now. She's number one on our depth chart when it comes to fantasy advice. She's a host of the Waiver Wired podcast, which you can see and hear every Wednesday live streaming on Twitter and 
She's Sports Illustrated's go-to fantasy expert, Jen Piacenti. What is happening? Hey, you know, it was a good weekend for me. I think I'm going to run the table in all my leagues for the for the first wow. time this year. Uh, let's talk first about our Cowboys before we get to yeah. the fantasy. How great is that? Huh? I gave you a birthday teaser. Happy birthday, by the way. It Thank was, you. Uh, middle of last week. Cowboys and Chiefs. Easy as pie, right? We We're getting through that. But we would never, ever in jeopardy that teaser. So easy. I don't know why I even teased it at all. I'm just mad at myself for being a chicken <laughs> because I knew both these teams were going to cover. I mean, Kansas City was in my best bets article over on Sports Illustrated, and I still teased them because I got nervous. So I'm mad mm. at myself because this could have been a much bigger payday. The know. game was painful to watch. I think it took years off my life, like that third down that should have been a touchdown and all that jazz. Yeah. So anyway, it ended up with the right team winning. That's what's important. By the way, we didn't talk about that parlay kid. What what has to happen? Dak had half his body over the line yeah. there. Uh, uh, twice all, McCarthy, this year. That's twice. To me, that's his biggest blunder right there. Not using that timeout and instead using it at the end of the half when basically the Patriots are kneeling. Like use the timeout there. It's outside of the automatic review time because it was right before the two minute warning. For God's sakes, like it's being possible to crawl to that position where Dak was at the bottom of the pile, uh, nine yards into the end zone. Really That's stupid. right, Sal. I mean that's twice this year where the overhead angle has showed him yeah. being clearly across the goal line and nothing. Nada. I mean, it's uh and that really actually could have cost them the game is, is that, it cost, uh, no call. I'm sure it cost some fantasy teams. Uh, Jen, who's the best cowboy to have on a fantasy team? It's Dak, I think. Um, or, or I guess you could yeah. say maybe strangely Dalton Schultz because that's such a weak position and he's one of the few that actually consistently produces. But how do you even say who's the best? It could be Zeke. Uh, you could be using Tony Pollard week to week and a flex and still winning. Amari Cooper still balls out. And sorry, but CD Lamb, oh my God, so Good on Sunday. And it was so good for it's my bad. fantasy teams that he's the one that balled out 149 yards, two touchdowns, all those chickens that didn't start him. You know what? I'm laughing at Who y'all now. start CD lamb. Someone didn't start him. Oh, a lot of people didn't start him. They're like, oh, he really? stinks. He's like the wide receiver 30 on the season. He had a bad week last week. I'm like, yeah, okay, you guys go ahead. Keep losing. It was weird. They didn't look at him the week before, right? It, it the third quarter until he saw his first uh, target there. But, oh, man, I would never I would never sit that guy. You talked about the tight ends. Dalton Schultz might be just value-wise, position and value-wise might be the best cowboy to have right. on the team. Now Zach Ertz goes to Arizona. And is he now a top three? Well, he might have been anyway before. Where do you put him in the tight end uh, rankings? So I have to tell you, it actually de- downgraded Zach Ertz no. for me. Yep, absolutely. Really? Um, I loved Ertz with Philadelphia and the fact that he could get traded. Um, but I, the trade to Arizona kind of stinks for fantasy value. I think what we're going to get out of Ertz is, is, you know, a decent, okay floor, but look at where he is in that long line of pass catchers. You think he's going to have big weeks? No way. Whereas with, uh, Philadelphia, he was a major red zone target for them. He had five red zone opportunities this year, as opposed to Max Williams, who's had one with Arizona. I mean, they can go to Rondale Moore. They can go to DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green, Christian Kirk. There's too many people in front of him. So he might have a good week and, you know, he'll get some catches and some targets and that's fine. But like historically, how much has Cliff Kingsbury used the tight end? 
not really that much. Like how often are you excited about an Arizona tight end? So unfortunately it maybe gives him a better floor, but not a higher ceiling. I think people are going a little crazy. Like, Oh, it's going to be all alone. Yeah. But in a team that doesn't really use the tight end and he joins a long line of pass catchers. Right. All right, Jen, you shamed me. I think you went a little overboard there. I mean, I guess uh, you, you made your point. Um, you know, I make fun of people who didn't start C.D. Lamb, but I did a terrible thing this week. Uh, it didn't cost me. Tyson Williams, I started over Damian oh. Harris, only because I didn't want to root for even a second for the Patriots. Oh. I took a zero versus 16. I should have asked you, right? Oh, man. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Tyson Williams didn't even start. He didn't even play. Talking like a 70. I know. None of those guys ever start. Can you, does anyone start on that team? I know. No, just Latavius Murray now, I think, can like always get you a floor of like 50 yards and maybe a touchdown. But I kind of avoid that backfield. But I kind of respect that, that you wouldn't play a Patriot versus the Cowboys. I think that's kind of cool. I know. I'm like a a nine-year-old and your reaction uh, coincided with that for sure. All right. So this is a big week because there are six teams off and lots of wide receivers on these six teams. Bills, Cowboys, Chargers. Jags, Vikings, Steelers. So you got Diggs, you got Sanders, you have C.D. Lamb, you have Cooper, uh, you got Williams, and uh, you got uh, so much going on. Allen on the Chargers, you got Chenault for Jaguars, you got all the Vikings guys, you know, if you like um, Chase Claypool for the Steelers, you're you're almost definitely going to have a wide receiver off this week. What do you suggest for people? Who are the good pickups? Who are the gems that no one's looking at on the waiver wire? Okay. So obviously your priorities are going to be T Y Hilton and Donovan people's Jones this week, T Y Hilton, because he was good in his first game back. They may have lost Paris Campbell. We know he can be the wide receiver one. He's available in about 70% of leagues. Donovan people's Jones available in 98% of leagues. We now know for sure. Kareem hunt is on the IR for at least three weeks. Nick Chubb is banged up. OBJ keeps leaving and coming back with injuries. And even though he plays all the snaps. He just really doesn't see the look. So Donovan Peoples-Jones, a great option, two touchdowns and 101 yards on Sunday. Tim Patrick, I don't know how you people have still left him on the wire. He's still available in 70% of leagues. He's already found the end zone three times. Um, he's finished with 13 or more PPR points in five of six games. And Cleveland has allowed nine touchdowns to opposing wide receivers this year. That's the second most in the league. So Patrick is a pickup. You know, uh, you can go as far as Nicole Hardman. He's still available in 50% of leagues. Henry Ruggs is still available in 50% of leagues. You won't believe who's still out there. But if you need to get really lean, you know, Van Jefferson, Rashad Bateman, Nico Collins, these guys are still out there. And that may be where you need to go. Also, I want to say proactively, because apparently this is a pro Cowboys podcast. Yes, it is. Go get Michael Gallup right now before he comes back from injury. And while people aren't thinking about it because he's on a bye because he could be a secret weapon for you. I'm in a couple of leagues where teams drop them. And I just, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. It, it makes sense to gobble him up with that offense is ridiculous. You know, there's other, you know, these, this team, the Seahawks aren't off, but what do you do with this? You know, Geno Smith led Seahawks are not the same, despite the two great drives against the Rams. We saw Sunday night, what he did uh, or what he didn't do so much against the Steelers. Where do you put like Metcalf? Where do you put all these guys? I mean, I don't really see how you're not starting Metcalf because he's DK yeah. Metcalf. So you're probably still starting him and Lockett maybe becomes more like a flex play until we see more connection between them. He's he targeted them when he came in versus the Rams. He didn't connect with Lockett. He did OK with Metcalf. I think we just need to give him a couple of weeks of breathing room and see what happens. But I don't think you can really bench them yet. 
so I guess it's kind of a wait and see. I should also mention uh, the Las Vegas Raiders who looked really good, even, uh, or maybe even better post Gruden. And a lot of their wide receivers are still on the wires. Like Brian Edwards is available in like nine, 90% of leagues and Hunter Renfro is still out there as well. Edwards for sure. Bri, you love that guy. And rugs came back from the dead too. Yeah. Rugs. And he's only 50% rostered. Marquez Callaway, that's wow. another one. Uh, you might want to get him. He's about 70% available as well. All right. Yeah. Jen, do you find week six? I, I think it's typically where people give up on their fantasy team. Some are one and five or two and four, and then they switch, They shift their focus to daily fantasy. Yeah, when things get hard and you look in and you're like, oh my God, I have to start Ernest uh, Johnson or Demetric Felton at running back. This sucks. I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think people do start to give up, but that's exactly where you can move ahead. Same thing happens in fantasy baseball. Like three quarters of the way through the season, people just kind of like, eh, they get distracted. And that's when you can make the really big move. So don't give up, hang in there. If you have to lose a week or two, it's not a big deal in the course of the season. I mean, Look, the Kansas City Chiefs have lost a lot of games and we haven't given up on them yet. That's true. I think Harry's given up on them because he had as his play of the year, the Chiefs Washington team over 56. And it was only off by two, three touchdowns, two yeah. touchdowns. Jen, touchdowns. what are you supposed to do when you get five turnovers? Never. Two of them in the uh, two of them in the imposing uh, team's uh, don't side answer that, and Jen. you don't get you don't points out of that. <sighs> the game was terrible. Yeah, it was well, terrible. Jen, what are you going to do with the birthday parlay money? What a score that was. I don't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> big, big money. Thank you, cousins. I, this is the first time anyone's ever given me a bet for my birthday. I think it's what I'm going to ask for for the rest of my life because it's a pretty good feeling, right? By the way, you got me one. I think for my birthday, did you get me Dallas to win the NFC East? I did, we and did I think so. we're going to cash that ticket. Well, I think uh, I think I should go try to cash it now. See what they say. <laughs> I mean, they'd I be dumb to not big. give me 80% I think I actually maybe got him to win the Super Bowl. I can't remember if it was Super Bowl or NFC East. I think it was Super That's Bowl. That's right. I think it's going to be a big payout if it works out. And it might. Either way, it will. No, we have to be positive. It will work out for sure. Yeah. Jen Piacenti, host of Waiver Wired Podcast. Listen to her. Watch her and Eddie Spaghetti on Wednesday and on SportsIllustrated.com. Thanks, Jen. You got it. Thanks, Jen. All right, that was Jen Piacenti. Check her out. Like I said, SI.com or Waiver Wired right on the Wednesday afternoon. She does it with Eddie Spaghetti. That's a lot of fun. Uh, let's quickly go into Heisman pick. I'm going to say I must love this guy, Caleb Williams, too much. 50 to 1 odds. <laughs> it's crazy. I know. He said Rattler was no good. He got the giant seven-figure NIL deal. Now Caleb Williams comes in six touchdowns, 68%. I know he's 50 to 1. I think he can make the podium. He's eight touchdowns behind Corral. Could he get there if he lights up Kansas next week or this week? Which, by the way, you can name your score. They could score 80 in that game. Texas Tech, Baylor, Iowa State, and then Oklahoma State if they're undefeated. And he ends up with 25 touchdowns. I think that's our guy, Harry. I'm sorry. This seems like a Harry pick, too. You're not going with him. You're going with the big favorite. I'm going to take Corral at plus 175. 14 touchdowns, one pick. Add in eight rushing touchdowns. Uh, he's the team's leading rusher. He had 195 yards Tennessee uh, against Tennessee in uh, Knoxville on Saturday in a win. And uh, I know one of the brothers is going to make a case for Bryce Young, but Bryce Young does that. Now he does have 24 touchdowns, but eight of those touchdowns came against Southern Miss and Mercer. He's got three picks, two more than Corral, and he has zero and actually worse than zero rushing yards on the season. He's got negative two rushing yards. So I'm still saying Corral. 
at plus 175. And Mississippi's having a really good season. There you go. All right. I should have mentioned Corral at plus 175. Bryce Young also plus 175. Parley Kid, you are going with Bryce Young here. Yeah, let's go with Bryce Young here, Sal. He's got 24 touchdown passes uh, over this course of the season to three interceptions. I don't care what Harry wants to say about who they've played or who they haven't played. A third of his um, touchdowns I against Southern Miss, Miss and Mercer, just saying. I think you could make the same case for uh, for Corral. No, no, not really. Uh, as well. Okay. Not really. Um, yeah, you want to talk about Corral's rushing yards, that's okay. But this this is going to come down to passing statistics. Uh, Young has uh, five more games left where if he averages about the 300 yards he averages per game as he does right now, he's going to end up with close to basically 4,000 yards passing and about 40 touchdowns if he stays at the pace he's on now. 4,000 yards, 40 touchdowns for the quarterback of Alabama is winning you the Heisman Trophy, Sal. Take him right now at plus 175. And he's got some decent competition coming up, too, against defenses that aren't that good, Tennessee included in there. That's the only one I'm thinking about right now. But looking at it, you know, New Mexico State, he'll put up his three or four real quick before they yank him out. 40 touchdowns, 4,000 yards is going to approach. But take him now at plus 175. All right. Uh, Brother Bry, uh, this is – I just pray, pray to God that Dave Damashek doesn't find out about this pick. For <laughs> do uh, yeah, I do like um, – w- when looking at these guys, I do like Kenny Pickett at 20 to 1. Yeah, I guess you could say is the race over between these two guys. I mean, the last couple of years, especially last year, right, Devonta Smith still wasn't – I mean, through – you know, you could still get pretty good odds on him, I think, at that time. But I will say Corral, tough kid. Like, he's running – he's trying to run kids over. And he's not even a big guy. I do think at some point in time, if he keeps taking hits like that, he may get he may get injured, though, is part of the problem, I think, with him. But young Corral, Pickett, all, all comparable, right? So Pickett has uh, 21 passing touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns, only one interception – um, he looked, you know, th- this pit team, I think as of right now, I think they look like the, the best team in the ACC. You know, they, they looked really legit against Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech. They had a big win against Tennessee. And now they get, uh, well, not to say Miami's good, but they get Clemson and Miami at home the next two weeks. So if they could pull off, you know, if they could pull off that Clemson game, Pickett's name jumps right up to the top of that Heisman race, I think. There you go. All right, there you go. Uh, Fanduel.com slash against all odds. Pick your Heisman winner. Race is getting good right now. We got a lot going on. Hey, Megan, fun of sports on the money grab feed. Megan Galley, Megan Connolly. They talk sports. They make fun of them. It's going to be a good time. Check it out on the money grab feed. Brand new podcast here at the Extra Points Podcast Network. And that'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds. For Spaghetti and Meatballs, Babyface Joel Solomon, and the Degenerate Trifecta, I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Na, na, na.